Good evening. Today is September 6th, 2023, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter, a step is into action, step eight, and our speaker tonight is Catherine A. Thank you, Catherine. Thanks, Kendall. Thanks for your service. And I'm Catherine A., compulsive overeater, recovered for today. And I want to thank Carla for inviting me to speak today, uh, especially on step eight, which is a, a step I haven't haven't considered deeply on its own in a while. And so I really appreciate this opportunity to, uh, to think more deeply and to, to share that with all of you. I want to pause for a second before I start to be grateful for this opportunity to speak. Um, I also want to ask my higher power, who for today I perceive as the spirit of radical love, compassion, and acceptance that exists inside of me to guide my words so that I can share my vulnerability and my real experience of step eight and how it's contributed to a fundamental change in my life. I'll start with a brief qualification. Uh, I've been a compulsive overeater for basically as long as I can remember. Uh, definitely, I can remember eating compulsively to, to numb my emotions, uh, starting back in, uh, in middle school at least, but I was obsessed with food for a lot longer before that. I always went to food to hide from loneliness and from other emotions that I couldn't even identify because I buried them with food so quickly. I battled my weight through restricting and over-exercising uh, for many years. I, at one point, I lost 70 pounds and then spent more than a decade swinging up and down 20 to 30 pounds uh, over and over again. Uh, I actually came to OA uh, when I was five pounds from my goal weight. I had just lost 20 pounds. So it was what I had realized was it wasn't about the weight. I was felt like I was at the mercy of these compulsions. Uh, and I was always either fighting against the compulsions or giving into them. And either way, it was about the compulsions. And I couldn't see a, a way that wasn't one of those two options. I couldn't see a way out of that, that life. And I didn't want to live that way. And so I, I came to OA in February 2022. Um, I had, I had trust that 12-step programs worked, and that was all. That at the beginning, that was my higher power. That I didn't have a higher power. Uh, I was a very firm atheist for a lot of my life, and the belief that 12-step programs work was what got me through the door and gave me the willingness to open my mind to something else. So I started working the steps in April 2022 and have been absent since May of that year. And for me, working the steps the first time was really only a beginning. You know, I had this really intense experience of, of the spiritual awakening going through the steps the first time. 
but it's really been since then, since I started living in, in 10, 11, and 12, that I have, that that experience has really deepened. And I've really found freedom from those compulsions that drove me into the room in the first place, uh, but also for things that I did, I never considered to be related to the food from anxiety and, uh, and panic attacks that had been getting worse and worse over time and that that therapy and many self-help books uh, had not helped. But, you know, in seeking this solution for what I thought was just a food problem uh, actually became a lot more. And so I want to start my talk about step eight by first saying I have always been a, a perfectionist. I always feel like I am supposed to live this, this life of, of perfect, whatever it is I'm trying to be at that given moment, I'm supposed to be perfect in it. And so in, in the context of program, sometimes that means that I try to be the perfect version of a recovered person, uh, whatever I have in, in my mind of what that's supposed to be. And so I want to start off by saying, even though my life is way better and so much more awesome than it was before I joined program. That doesn't mean that every day is sunshine and roses. And it says that in the big book that like there are going to be times when emotions come up, like emotion, feeling emotions are part of what makes me human. And every day I set an intention at the beginning of the day to bring a little bit more love and compassion and kindness and laughter into the world than there would be there without me. And some days I succeed. And some days the best that I can say is that I didn't do harm. And there are other days where the best that I can say is that I made amends for the harm that I did. And so that's why step eight we made a list of people we harmed and became willing to make amends to them all is important to me, not just the first time that I work steps through from beginning to end, but also every day uh, as I continue to, to work step 10. And I need to come back to, to step eight all the time. I also want to talk about the importance of thinking about step eight on its own, which is, like I mentioned at the beginning, something that I didn't, I hadn't really considered before, uh, before starting to think about what I would, what I would say tonight. Uh, because I always think about step eight and nine together. The, the big book kind of brushes over step eight uh, very quickly in the way to talking for many pages about um, about step nine and all the different amends. And it, that makes sense on, on one hand, um, but I do think step eight deserves its own, its own focus. And I think the AA 12 and 12 does a good job of digging into steps eight as a separate step and, um, and why, why that's important. And I, I was thinking about how step eight really builds on each of the steps that came uh, in the past. You know, it requires a lot of humility 
which is a core aspect of step seven and a willingness to let go of old habits and narratives and behaviors that aren't serving me anymore or um, not serving others, which is a core aspect of step six. Um, but I think the biggest temptation is to, to rush ahead and start thinking about step nine while I'm still in step eight. And I don't, I think I do myself a disservice when I do that, when I start jumping ahead to, to step nine, because I start thinking about all this, the details of what making the amends might look like or whether I need to make a direct amends uh, or, or what that direct amends uh, might look like, whether it, whether it might cause harm. And, you know, in some cases, maybe I already know that a direct amends would cause harm in that situation. So there's a temptation to say, well, I don't even need to, I don't even need to think about step eight because I know I'm not going to do a direct amends about it. So just move on. But I, but step eight is still an important step to pause on, even if that's the case, because I need to, I need to still be willing to make that amend, even if I'm not going to make the amend for whatever other reason. I still need to have that core of willingness. So when I get to step eight, I start by making my list. And the, the big book says that at this point, I already have my list, that I made it in step four when I was doing my inventory. So I write down all of the people and the institutions that I had resentments about or that I, that I had harmed uh, through my sex conduct or otherwise. And from steps four and five, I already know where my part was in all of those resentments and harms. Uh, I have already said the resentment prayer for, for the people. Um, I've already asked my higher power for guidance on shaping my relationship ideals. But now I'm taking those same names and I'm putting them on my step eight list. And it's an opportunity to, to pray and meditate again about each one and just sit with, with those and ask, ask for the willingness to make amends. And for some, that willingness comes more easily than others least in my experience. Um, I thinking back to my my first step eight list, I had some names on my list that were really easy to become willing for. Um, it wasn't that they would necessarily be easy to make the amend. But I'm thinking about situations where I I had a lot of fear associated with with actually making the amend. Um, you know, the awkwardness of it or contacting people that I hadn't seen or talked to in, in years. Uh, but I, it wasn't difficult to become willing to do it. I, I knew that I was willing. And those, those situations were especially situations where like, it, I had, there were past actions from when, when I was a child or when I was much younger that I had already I'd already moved on from, I'd already changed enough as a person and grown enough as a person that I knew I would never 
in that same situation, I wouldn't have acted that way or I wouldn't have behaved in that way. And that's an easier one to, to apologize for. Um, the, the much harder type for me were the ones that, that meant owning up to current or ongoing behavior. Things that, um, that meant that I had to change something that I felt was fundamentally part of, of me. Um, or like, who am I if I'm not doing that behavior? Uh, and admitting to someone else that I had been wrong when it was still raw. The, the other type of heart, or the other type of name on my list that was harder to become willing for were the ones where I, I still wasn't really fully ready to forgive. Um, I have learned over the course of both that that first step eight list a little bit, but more uh, in my step 10 practice where step eight is a, is a key aspect of that. I've learned that if the best apology that I can think of at this moment is, I'm sorry you didn't understand what I was trying to say, or... I'm sorry I didn't set better boundaries to protect myself from you, uh, then I'm not willing yet. You know, I've, I've maybe made some steps in identifying where, what my part was, but I'm not fully ready to forgive the other person. And if I can't forgive, then I'm not fully ready to make that amend yet. And so for me, when, when I'm not yet fully willing in that way, when, uh, then I don't, I don't feel like I'm ready to move to step nine with that amend. You know, I don't want to go and make a premature apology for something. I don't want to make decisions about whether something deserves a direct amend or not when I'm still not in that, in that place to be able to do that. Uh, and so I know that there are, uh, there are some people who, who might disagree with me on this. So it, if this isn't what you or your sponsor believe, then feel free to ignore it. But I don't believe that we need to do step eight perfectly in order to keep moving. I think that if there are some amends on my step eight list that I'm not fully willing to make yet, I can keep moving forward with the ones that I am willing to make and keep circling back on step eight until, and keep looking at that one, keep praying, keep meditating for that willingness to make that, that amend, that the one that, that seems harder. Because my experience is that time and other factors, like things like making other amends, the experience of making an another amend or digging deeper on some of those resentments through step 10 uh, end up giving minutes. me That's thank right. you thanks they end up giving me the insight that I didn't have the first time through step eight as long as I keep open-minded to the possibility of making the amends 
then when the right level of forgiveness and understanding comes, it'll make it clear what, what those words should be. And I've really found that the most profound experiences of step eight for me have been when I, when I really identified with the other person as a human being with feelings like mine, um, not in the codependent way that I, that I have historically done where I try to protect people from their own feelings, but in more of a, a moment of, of recognition of our shared humanity, uh, where we both feel we both hurt. Um, and it's, it's at those moments when I can really set aside the, the intention in my actions and focus on the impact that they had, regardless of what, what I intended to do in that moment. And that when, when I can make that connection, I find the, the willingness just comes naturally at that point. So one, one final thing I wanted to share about one amend that I had on my list that ended up changing quite significantly uh, when I met with my sponsor about my step eight list. Uh, I wanted to share about it. Uh, it was one where I had a, I had resentment, um, but I hadn't put it on my resentment list because at the time I hadn't recognized it as a resentment. It was a resentment against myself, but in my mind at the time, it was a harm done. And so it was an important one for me to put on my harms done inventory and to, to say out loud to my sponsor in step five, because it's, it was something that I had been hiding for almost 15 years, beating myself up about it, believing that uh, everyone in my life would think less of me if they knew the truth. And I was so sure that I was going to have to do an amend for this, uh, but I couldn't figure out what that amend was supposed to be. I, I didn't know who the amend should be to or what it should be. And I talked to my sponsor about it and she asked some questions and what, what she uncovered in my answers is that I had actually already done everything in my power to right the wrongs that I had done. And I had taken those actions at, as soon as I recognized the harm almost 15 years ago, but I hadn't let go of the resentment towards myself for having committed the harm in the first place. So to me, it was unforgivable, uh, no matter what actions I had taken to repair the damage, because I couldn't go back and change the past, I couldn't forgive myself. And what that ends up teaching me, something broader than just that one, that one item on a, a step eight list, is that part of step eight is becoming willing to make, uh, is become willing to forgive myself as well as the other person. Um, in order to become willing to make any amends, I have to be able to forgive myself for whatever the action was. Uh, because no matter whether I make a, a direct amend in step nine or not, uh, no matter whether the other person forgives me or not, uh, in order to move forward and to be of maximum service to other people in my life, I have to start with forgiveness of myself in step eight. So I will end with that. Thank you for allowing me to share. I pass. 
Thank you so much, Catherine, for your qualification of your experience, strength, and hope. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and, and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under the reactions, or star nine if you're on the phone, and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Uh, Liz, with the timekeeper, would you please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when the time is up? If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Okay. Uh, up first, looks like it is Chanel T. Please go ahead. Thank you. I missed it the first time. Can you hear me okay? Okay, great. Hi, this is Chanel T. Grateful compulsive eater living in recovery by the grace of God today. And Catherine, I almost didn't make it to this meeting. It's the first meeting I've made for CYOC this week. And I'm so glad that I made it because you're helping me reevaluate how I sponsor through this section of the steps. That's that's what this is doing. It's helping me reevaluate some things that I feel need to be reevaluated. God's nudging me and perfect timing that you would share. I love so many things you said. I can't wait to hear it on the podcast and also have sponsees listen. A couple things. One that you said, there were many things that I want to review, but what I'll just mention, you said circling back, but still moving forward as we become willing. I love that. And then that the hardest person to to forgive is ourselves, right? For me, hardest person to forgive is always myself. And when I was doing my amends this time through, I remember on eight, like wanting so badly to say, well, how do I make amends to myself, right? Like, and and my sponsor is of the belief that you make amends to yourself by working the program and, and living in recovery. And I am finding that to be the case. It doesn't mean that I was willing to make every amends right away though. And I think a lot of that was not wanting to, I didn't want to let go of the burn I had still towards some people and the hurt. I felt that I was giving them power. And that wasn't the case. When I made the amends, I had freedom. So I thank you for talking about that. And um, I just wanted to ask you really quick, when you have your sponsees going through and you see maybe very few things in their step four when they give you their fifth, they share their fifth with you, and they get to this point and they say, yeah, I only need to make amends to one person. And your red flags are going up about this. How do you handle that? Thank you so much. Thanks. Chanel, for the question, um, I, I will say I don't have a huge amount of experience with sponsees getting to to step eight, so it's a, a small pool that I'm that I'm pulling from. But I would say that um, on one hand, it's 
it's their journey. So my red flags are sometimes going off uh, and I'll try to ask questions. And I think this is the case for every, for every step that I'm working with Sponky, you know, try to ask questions and see if, if they make connections, but it's the connections that they make that are going to be much more valuable than anything that I tell them. Um, Because my, um, my impression may or may not be correct. Um, I do think it's important to trust my instinct on that and to, to dig a little bit deeper. Um, But also I do think continuing to move forward is important as well. And so I may push a bit and, but if they're confident that they are being fully honest with themselves and with their higher power about what their, what their list is, then we move forward. And I really do emphasize step 10. Cause like I said, in, in my share, like the, the first trip through the steps was super important, absolutely critical, big, big impactful experience, but it's really been in the daily practice of 10, 11, and 12 that I really understood this program. And so, you know, if we miss something the first way around, like people say the only, the only step you need to work 100% perfectly is step one. And I, I do believe that. I think that if we miss something in the first trip through the steps, that's what step 10 is for. Thank you for the question and the answer. Um, up next is Meredith B. Go ahead, please. Hey, everybody. Meredith B. in Nashville, Tennessee, a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, that was awesome, Catherine. Wow. So much to consider. And um, that the part you said about letting go of narratives that are no longer useful to me. Amen. Um, that happened really big time for me in my fourth step. Um, part of it. I realized another part of that this weekend, but that's another story. I wanted to, um, focus on, um, the being willing. Um, I had to switch sponsors in between eight and nine. And so I went over my list with one sponsor. And uh, when it came to my mother, you know, we talked it out and she said, yeah, I don't think you owe her an amends. And I'm all too willing to go. All right, well, that's that. Let's here we go. Let's move on. And um, then I got a new sponsor and we talked about it some more just in kind of to review it. And she said, do me a favor and just put your mom back on the list. She said, I'm not going to ask you to do anything, but just put her on there. And that simple act of doing that just changed me somehow. I didn't, I mean, I still have not made an amends to my mom. Um, she still isn't safe. So, but I grew compassion for her and, um, 
forgiveness. Actually, that's what spurred spurred me on to forgiving her fully. Like I can fully say, say that and mean it where I just, it was a kind of a question mark before. Um, it's really wild. I mean, it, it's almost nothing to just type her name back on there, but it was so huge. So thank you so much. I can't wait to listen to this again as well. Um, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you for your share, Meredith. Uh, up next is Amy L. Go ahead, please. Hi, everyone. Amy, compulsive eater, grateful to be here. Um, thank you. Thank you, Catherine. I, I love so much of what you shared. I I love your honesty, your vulnerability, and your the strength that you convey in this very serene sort of way. I really appreciated your share. And I think what what really struck a chord most was when you said something, and I'm I'm not gonna paraphrase paraphrase it correctly, but something like the the deepest experience in your amends was when you were able to see the other person's humanity or that vulnerability or that, you know, that we are not different, something like that. And that's been my experience too. And that's the mysterious God part to me or higher power part that somehow in this process, I learned to let go of, or I, I let go of what, what blocks me from that connection to my higher power that allows me to see myself with love and compassion. And somehow, I mean, I loved when you said, spoke of self-forgiveness because it is, there is something bi-directional about that. You know, as we forgive, we are forgiven. You know, that St. Francis prayer that somehow the very, that power that allows me to look honestly at my wrongs or, or how I have done harm without shaming myself. Because when I shame myself, I'm not ready to make any amends. I'm stuck. And it's that, you know, how do we get out of that? It's that somehow that loving power that allows us to be honest and safe. I can't feel safe when I'm stuck in shame and self-blame. And when that power enters my what fills me and I can see then someone else's vulnerability and I can't make that happen somehow it happens it, it happens and, and I see that over and over and it's very moving to me so thank you so much for sharing that and thank you everyone for being here for doing service and I pass Thank you for your share. Amy, up next is Dana. Oh, go ahead, please. Hi, um, I'm Dana, a uh, recovering compulsive eater. Um, Catherine Murray, oh, there you are. Hi. Um, that was a really wonderful share. I took a, I, you, I can't believe you just, that just came out of your head. Um, it was really a little bit, 
it was specific to you and it just was so clarifying. Um, I'm in step eight and nine right now. And um, so I'm pretty focused on this and um, the part about, well, I'm echoing again, but the forgiveness of self is huge and the amends to self, I think are something that's kind of gotten lost for me. And um, I was working on the amends late last night and I went to bed late and I woke up early, but I had all these dreams in the middle of the night and I woke up and all of a sudden I had like a perspective switch. You know, there was just that little bit of switch to allow me to start to see things from a different point of view than my own kind of self-centered point of view. And one of the first things that came to me was you need to make an amend to yourself. And it was such a release and um, it was such a big step um, because instead of trying to figure something out that I can't figure out, I realized I just need to forgive myself. I don't have to figure it out. I just have to forgive myself. So I just can't emphasize the importance of that amend to the self as a part of the process. It's not the beginning and the end of the process or anything, but as part of the process um, to be able to forgive and make amends to others. Um, and it's just, it's a piece. So thank you for highlighting that. And um, yeah, appreciate it. I'll pass. Thank you, Dana, for your share. Uh, Carla, you're up next, please. Go ahead. Thanks so much. Welcome home, everybody. I'm Carla from the Bay Area, compulsive overeater. So excited to be here. Catherine, thank you so much. Um, when you very first started, I know you were talking about kindness and goodness. And, and the first word that always comes to me when I think of you is how kind you are. You are always so kind in every interaction we've had. I feel so valued by you. And so I just wanted to thank you for that. And this share, um, I love the way you went through the process because step eight is so vital. <laughs> and it's almost like my first time through the steps, step eight, well, by the time I got to step eight, I was already so in so much deep, deep, remorse, regret, and shame <laughs> that I could not get out of it. Um, and no matter what other actions I took, I still woke up every day with this unacceptability of the past and didn't realize for the longest time that I was actually thinking that there's something I could do to literally change it. <laughs> like I needed it to change for me to be okay. That really was the way I felt. And so after I got through the steps the first time, I went through the steps to work on my guilt, shame, and remorse, period. And when I came to the understanding that it was my attitudes, beliefs, and opinions that had built that prison I was in, that I didn't even know I was in prison, but as I began to allow with that intention of God, open my mind, show me the truth, and take me to a place I've never been. There is not one thing about my past today that's changed, but everything I believe about it has changed and I didn't change my own mind. So this is once again, when we get to this step and we look at, and I love the way you said, then you just kind of park that and you go on. So you can't 
I can't make myself forgive anyone, but I can make a choice to forgive. I can make a choice to be willing. But oh my goodness, when I make the choice, a power greater than me empowers that, allows me to do something I can't do on my own because I had this death grip on what I believed the truth was. And when I began to see the real truth, (laughs) you know, I I hear people say, well, this is my truth. And I always think my truth was usually never the truth. (laughs) And so allowing my higher power to open my mind and to really allow time to go through this process, allowing my mind to be changed, allowing myself, I don't know what I don't know, and beginning to see what I've never seen before. Didn't even know it was there. No, it was just the way I said it was. It was just the way I believed it was. And yet I could be changed. I look back now to where I started. You can't get here from where I was. And yet here I am. It doesn't make sense. So this step, the eighth step is vital. Thank you so much for your share. And thank you all for being here and everybody giving service. Thank you, Carla, for your share. We will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares. Would the Zoom host please stop the recording?